0: Lovers, and welcome to the Liberty Mike podcast, broadcasting from an undisclosed location in the heart of Dixie. I am Michael, and I am here with Liberty Larry. How's it going? I'm doing okay. Yeah? I, I just learned, I'm going to share this with the audience. All right. Um, I just learned that uh, that Liberty Larry's phone does not respect his voice.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you're right about that. <laughs> Man, I'd be telling that thing what to do, and they'd be doing all kinds
0: of crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so a- apparently... He does not command respect from his phone. Nope. That's that's an unfortunate situation, it seems yeah, to me. It is. Yeah. I, I set my phone to not listen to me. Of course it does anyway. Oh yeah. Um, but I try my best to limit its eavesdropping. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. I also like to leave it in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> that's also smart if you <laughs> yeah. don't want to eavesdrop it. <laughs> yeah. Um unfortunately I don't have a lot of social interaction and uh so I guess like a, a it it has access to a significant part of the social interaction that I have. <laughs> right. yeah. um, it listened to me uh, debate economics mostly for like an hour and a half on the phone with a friend of mine last night. So, yeah. so
1: always a good debate to have.
0: Yeah, um, except that if anybody's getting on a list after that, it's me, not him. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> he he was decidedly pro-government, and I'm decidedly against it. Yeah. So, oh well. Such so, life. so
1: did you hear that um, Biden must have listened to our last podcast? Yeah, yeah. Why? But, why is because that? Because he's um, basically pardoned a ton of people for marijuana. You mean fentanyl? No, no, no. Oh. He he didn't go that far. So, so apparently we're ratcheting up one drug and ratcheting down another. Uh, baby it's, steps, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I it's exciting news. I was excited to hear about it yesterday. I mean, I, there's plenty of people who've suffered way too much over a drug that mm-hmm. does more help than harm, at least in my mind. Yeah.
0: I think that's debatable, but, um, it's certainly not that dangerous. Yeah. It's certainly um, not dangerous. And you know, the truth is that our position, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah,
1: <laughs> and exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, I would prefer he did that with all drugs. Yeah. But I mean, that's, we're a long way from that.
0: Yeah. You remember when, uh, when Gary Johnson pulled up short on that one?
1: He did. Yeah. That, yeah. Was,
0: that was unfortunate.
1: One of the many disappointments. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> from well, that presidential candidate. And
0: it just, it's, it's a weird one, though, because it does, it, like, in some ways, it also fed into the, um, the, uh, stereotype of libertarians that we just want, um, we just want legalized weed. and Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, well, and that that really is a position. You really can't.
0: <laughs> Bitcoin and legalized weed. Is that, <laughs> that's well, all we're interested that's in. That's all
1: we're interested in. No, but the the drug thing in general, it's really hard to just pick one and not the other. And, yeah. and I feel the same way about alcohol. And I've said it for years. You know, mm. alcohol is perfectly legal. And it's, to me, it's more dangerous than marijuana is.
0: Yeah. Well, um, and cigarettes too same thing with cigarettes. Although there is kind of a push to
1: there is a push to ban that prohibit too. cigarettes. Yeah.
0: Um you know uh during covid uh and I, I don't know how long that this persisted but um during covid South Africa uh outlawed alcohol and tobacco.
1: Did they really?
0: Yeah. Um because the it was something like you know it got people out of their houses when they wanted them to stay home and You know things like this. I can't remember exactly what the reasoning was, and um, you may be surprised to find out that very quickly um, (laughs) they started turning that roll on that back. (laughs) uh, Well, a black market developed in alcohol and tobacco. Bet. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so then then the government. um, I don't know. I didn't track this for very long because I was just like, ah, stupid. Um, But uh, then the the government was saying that the that they were surprised at how quickly. Um, these black market businesses had set up shop and started distributing products, and that it would take them years to um, to tear down these illicit businesses that had uh, appeared that almost up. overnight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> um, well, and the
1: amazing thing is, is okay. So you can say that, oh yeah, it's gonna this all this infrastructure popped up so quick. We're, mm-hmm. It's gonna take us years to root this out. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, that's not the case at all. Because once you legalize everything again, right, they disband almost
0: immediately. Yeah, they become legitimate businesses that you don't have to root out. Exactly. Yeah. So, which was my whole point with the fentanyl on the last podcast is mm-hmm. that's
1: I mean, if you want to, this is a real problem. I'm not debating that's not a real problem. If you mm-hmm. want to fix it, the easiest way is to just decriminalize it. Like I know that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow, but it is the truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you, um, eliminate a bunch of the problems that go along with it. Uh, because in all of these drugs, um, one of your biggest issues is issues that revolve around black markets. Um, and so if you have an open market, a freed market, um, then you eliminate a lot of, uh, violence that goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, violence and fraud and theft and Lots of other things, yeah. Um, things that are real crimes, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, well, I mean it's a it's a step. I uh, I don't know the details on this. So
1: yeah, I mean this. I, I don't know a whole lot other than he um, pardoned a bunch of people who were either in jail or had um or had or had their records expunged. People who had gotten out but still mm. had it on their record, mm. like a bunch of that. And, um, and he's encouraging the governors to do the same at, on the state level. Okay. So he can only do that federally. Right. Um, so he's it is in, a federal
0: crime, though. Yeah. Is it not so? I'm assuming so. I don't know. but um, Pretty much everything is a federal crime these yeah. days. So.
1: Well, the, one, so, uh, the way I understood it is the people who were charged federally is who he had an impact on. Right. And now he's asking the governors to follow suit um, and do the same thing on, you know, on each state level.
0: Okay. So, now, if he would just do the same for um, Julian Assange and for uh, Edward Snowden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I would actually say that uh, Biden's done a pretty good job so far. <laughs> I if he was going to say,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> that would definitely be a step... Would that be will, would that be enough to get you to vote for him in the next election? No. No? Still not? not <laughs> no.
0: He would have done everything I, I thought that he might do that well, I wouldn't have done. <laughs> I will tell you
1: on the... um. Shows last night that was that was really where the coverage revolved around was mm-hmm. how much this is going to impact the midterms yeah. and how this is oh, a yeah a well swipe I mean that was to, the purpose of it right I'm sure it was um, at least as far as the timing of it mm-hmm. um, I mean they tried to play it off in the coverage as oh well he's been working on this behind the scenes for a while and now is when and it what kinda, they were
0: doing was carefully calculating when they could uh, <laughs> announce this <laughs> what, that it would have the greatest impact on the midterm elections yeah absolutely.
1: So right there there's no question that's what's going on, but
0: well um you know what i like i I should have taken some notes um about the uh Julian Assange thing we could have talked about that I, well i didn't know that this was going to come up either yeah, yeah. so I, you know. um that is an important topic though in terms of uh pardons yeah, that could and should be done absolutely um and uh, just uh, as a just uh, like a very quick commentary on that. Um, it seems to me that people don't really understand how much how much of an infringement um, prosecuting Julian Assange is.: Yeah, because it really is talking about whether um, whether publishers can publish information that is harmful to the government. That's really what the question is. yeah. Um, can, uh, publishers publish, um, (laughs) crimes committed by the government, information about crimes committed by the government that is in the public interest. If the government doesn't want that information published.
1: Well, that's
0: the question. And that the whole point of having an independent media was to be to do exactly that. that. Exactly. (laughs) Um.
1: And unfortunately, I think we've gotten the answer to that through Assange is that you can't do that like yeah. I mean you can at your own peril mm-hmm. um, and you have to be kind of careful
0: yeah well and snowden is a is a um another case that's that's similar now um I'm sure that Snowden made some commitments to keep information secret that he was that, that was shared with him, yeah. Um, but the more important vow that he made, or oath that he took, was to the Constitution of the United States, yeah, and that supersedes any commitment that he made to the agency itself.
1: And it should be the same way for anybody in the mm-hmm. position for the military, right? I mean, you're, you're, and the, intelligence
0: agencies. He was CIA contractor, oh, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, your your commitment to your the I don't want to say well being, but the, your loyalty to your country should come before any military or anything like that.
0: Yeah. And the, the Constitution is supposed to be the law of the land and will should supersede any... All else. Yeah. Any yeah. other um, commitments that you make to your employer, even if it's... Or probably especially if it's the federal government. Well, Snowden's now a citizen of Russia, isn't he? I yeah. I heard
1: something saying that he had gotten full Russian citizenship.
0: So. Yeah. Um, and just uh, in in case people aren't aware, um, the Obama government actually trapped him in Moscow. Yeah. They revoked his passport while he was in the air, yeah, um, on his way to Moscow. On his way, it was supposed to be a connecting flight to South America. Oh, is that where he was heading? Yeah, uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure. I, and I can't remember which country. It was like Argentina or somewhere, but yeah, um, Bolivia. I don't know. Bolivia seems like a good one. That. It, at any rate, it was some South American country. I'm pretty sure that he was on his way to, and his passport was revoked in the air, um, so he was he was trapped in Russia. Wow. And I'm sure that that was again
1: Not very calculated. By accident. Yeah. Um, so of all could, the places that we could like land this guy and stick him, yeah the the country that we're having the that we're antagonizing the most, well, and it's vilifying about the most, vilifying the most, right? Yeah. So
0: it makes him, you know, you can start. Uh, subtly suggesting that he's a russian spy yeah yeah instead of a patriot yeah absolutely
1: which he clearly is by the way yeah patriot that is
0: yeah not spy (laughs) not spy yeah i mean he was a spy but he was a he was an american spy yeah he was one of the good guys (laughs) yeah man it's hard to say that because if if i don't have this mixed up he was a um, working for the CIA and contracted out to the NSA, isn't that? Is that his?
1: I, I'm not his sure. I don't know. I'm,
0: I'm pretty sure I can't keep all those yeah. things straight. But um, not if I hadn't recently looked at it anyway. Yeah. Like you know, the brain's got only so much. Got hurt. some holes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, that you said that what we needed to do after the last one. Um, and I, I have been challenged in places about my crazy belief that the U.S. might have been involved in the um, sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines. Yeah, and uh, the, you know baseless claims. And so, so you've heard you've heard that be said before too, then. Yeah, yes, <laughs> baseless conspiracy theory claims that the U.S. would have been involved in which is just sabotaging Nord Stream. Insane.
1: Too. Like, I just can't wrap my head around even thinking that. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah, I, uh, you said that I needed to pull the clips. I didn't have time to l- last time. I didn't really have time to this time. I was like pulling them when, when I Gary got arrived. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, I did manage to at least get a couple of clips, um, so that you can hear what, um, what some American f- officials had to say. Yeah. And, uh, let's start with the man himself, the, the big guy, the big guy, yes. uh, <laughs> Joe Biden and what he had to say in February um about Nord Stream 2. After of yeah. course um he he had actually uh r- lifted the sanctions on Nord Stream 2 because it became clear that it was going to get finished. Yeah. Um Trump had uh placed sanctions on it. Uh I think the original sanctions may have been placed by Obama probably um,
1: cuz that's when construction was have started. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, uh, Trump, uh, placed additional sanctions and was even sanctioning European companies that were working on the pipeline, yeah. um, that didn't get a lot of press because it was, uh, count, it was contrary to the narrative that, that Trump was a Russian agent. <laughs> um, right. so I, I, I don't think that it really got a lot of press at the time, but anyway, uh, Biden came into office and actually lifted the sanctions, um, because the, the pipeline was essentially done already, yeah. but then started pushing, putting pressure on the German government not to open not the pipeline. Not to use it, yeah. yeah. Uh, which they haven't yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, but this is what Biden had to say about the pipeline in uh, February. Here we go. All right.
1: Let me answer the first question first. If if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine. So there you have it from the big man. Yeah. Big guy. Big big guy. That's right. Big guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty clear, right? Yeah. Um... And just in case that's not enough, you know, because Biden says some crazy stuff. Well, sometimes. I was going to say,
1: sometimes you just got to write off stuff Biden says. And I remember at the time that this was, that was kind of written off. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, guy says crazy things. like
0: <laughs> Yeah, but very close on the heels of this, yeah. um, also before the invasion, but very close on the heels of this. Uh, you have our old friend, Victoria Newland, who, um, as you know, uh, was... Deeply involved in Ukraine during the Obama administration, um, in fact, uh, she picked the government that was to take the place of the government that um, the U.S. may or may not have overthrown in 2014. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, she's of course from the famous uh, "F the EU" tape. But yeah. um, the you know the real point to remember about that recording, besides them naming the government that they were gonna put in place two weeks later uh she and jeffrey Piat, um is that the the reason that she was saying f the e u is because the the e u wasn't moving fast enough to um i guess really to uh, instigate the coup yeah <laughs> um or or at least to uh to move against Russia in a way that they were happy with yeah. so um and the the government of ukraine at that time um they had been uh being courted by both the EU and Russia and um they had a deal with the EU and when they actually showed up to sign the deal a bunch of terms had been changed yeah and so they abandoned that deal and went ahead and were moving forward with a deal with Russia and that's when the coup happened yeah coincidentally imagine that yeah <laughs> coincidentally the totally organic yeah. grassroots coup yeah um that uh that the US officials picked the replacement government for before it happened. Yeah. Coincidentally.
1: Amazingly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um anyway, uh she was in a uh congressional hearing, I think is where this was. Okay. Um and uh and she had this to say about Nord Stream two. All right.
1: Um with regard to Nord Stream two. Uh, We continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. One way or the other. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like we got one way, and then they were like, ah, Let's do the other two. <laughs> yeah, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Let,
0: let's solidify the polit- position here.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, sure. Now you know it's it's possible that the U.S. didn't do this. I I don't want to say definitively that the U.S. and not just because you don't want to get our moth attack. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> okay. He seems to have settled on the wall over there i have to take care of that soon. <laughs> cats are not doing their job.
1: Apparently. Yeah.
0: I think moths don't taste very good. I haven't tried one myself, but...
1: Imagine they're kind of chalky.
0: Yeah. Um, the cats do like flying things, though. Yeah. They, they particularly like leaping up in the air after stuff, so I don't know how this moth... He must just be very clever. Doom very clever, clever. moth. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's a bug. Yeah. Uh, of course he's in here while we're recording this podcast. Right. No. Um, now I'm totally off track. What, what was I saying? <laughs> 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 Come on, help me out. <laughs> no,
1: we were um, Nord Stream, and we didn't... Do, you were oh, saying yeah. we didn't... Do, it's not definitive that we did this. Right. But, and, and I would tend to agree... I do think it's likely though. Yeah.
0: Um, I actually I think that probably the most likely thing is that it was some other country with the US's help. Yeah. Uh Poland would be my pick in that case. Yeah. But um, didn't
1: Poland have some stuff bombed too?
0: I am not sure about I that. Bombed, like I, I heard up, a report yeah. that the um that the pipeline coming from uh, Sweden, Norway, um down there had been attacked as well, but I heard that somewhere and I have not found Corroborating. Okay. Well, I reports. heard that somewhere so, too. So I, I mean, not, I, I, I d- d-
1: didn't just take that from you. One of the source foreign sources that I follow had reported that.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen that corroborated elsewhere in in the places where I look for this kind of information. So I'm not sure that that's um, that's true. And okay. but I have uh, come across multiple sources that said that n- the Nord Stream two wasn't completely stopped. Because um, oh, yeah. it's 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 actually like multiple pipes running together. Yeah. Um. And apparently one of the pipes survived the attack and can still transfer gas. Yeah. Um. And the Russians are saying that the other three, I think, um, pipes that run that run with it, uh, can be repaired. But I I, I well, don't know how long that's true.
1: And the well, I was fixing to say the reports I had seen had said that they could be repaired, but it needed to be soon. Yeah, that it wasn't something that could be. The longer they wait, the less likely. Yeah, can... because
0: now that they've been unpressurized, the salt water's getting in there, and the exactly. salt water will corrode the pipes. Exactly. So, um,
1: but they need sanctions lifted to do that, though. right? So here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I did think of another possibility. Um, this one's uh, this one's not totally unlikely, but it it. Hmm. I'm not sure what their operating capabilities in the Baltics is, and that would be Israel. Oh, yeah. Um, Because Israel stands to gain, too. They have uh, big natural gas and and petroleum uh, reserves as well off their coast and in the Golan Heights that they occupy. Yeah. Even though it's not technically theirs. Um, So, and they, uh, you know, there's pipelines that run from the Middle East through the Caribbean into Europe as well yeah so uh they could stand to gain economically as well from these, and um certainly they have the capability their military has the capability on the whole yeah I just don't know what kind of operating capability they have in the baltic yeah so um that one i'm that one's just kind of like a, a side note yeah i suppose
1: yeah but, but but it is it is certain that that some some country did this. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, not... It was
0: not an accident. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's clear that this wasn't something that just happened. This didn't occur naturally. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and it would require uh, some pretty significant capabilities. Um, this isn't like some diver with a stick of TNT or something. Yeah. It's, it just... Yeah. um it, it was coordinated, obviously, uh, across multiple sections, um, and it was uh, like a couple hundred uh, pounds of explosive mass. Yeah or at least uh like TNT equivalent. Yeah. So um I mean it's a pretty significant attack and it would probably take a state sponsor to have done it. Yeah. And, and in fact uh pretty much everybody agrees on that.
1: Yeah. That's that's.
0: Now, the idea again that Russia's did it has done it. I mean, you can't that, throw that, that out. Yeah, but that just seems
1: like the conspiracy theory to well, me.
0: Yeah, um Especially when the reason, the reasons that they give is so that Russia can show that they have the ability to attack undersea targets um, outside of Russia or, like, you know, push, if this kind of thing.
1: If that's the case, though, wouldn't they admit that they did
0: it? Yeah, it seems like they would claim it if that yeah. was the case. Like, we attacked our own pipeline to show you that... That we can blow up pipelines. Yes. <laughs> in several hundred feet of water. Yeah, exactly. Or meters or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, it, it does seem weird that they would do it to make a statement but then not tell anybody.
1: Yeah, that's, that's our argument. There's a contradiction there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so our Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken, um, he was also talking about these pipelines recently. Yeah. And, of course, what he was saying is he was um, condemning this uh, brazen terrorist attack on a nato country's infrastructure vital energy infrastructure yeah no that's not what he was saying at all oh that's not what he said i was like okay yeah (laughs) i I, I was all with you okay (laughs) yeah that's what you would expect of the um u.s secretary of state in this kind of situation where there was an obvious terrorist attack on um on an ally's uh critical energy infrastructure and
1: and i think that is a point worth kind of emphasizing is that that this is critical infrastructure Mm -hmm. like i mean these people need this gas to get through the winter
0: yeah yeah we'll talk about this a little bit more we talked about it some last time we'll talk about it a little bit more um after i play you what he actually said all right let's hear it
1: this is also a tremendous opportunity opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on russian energy and thus to take away from vladimir putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, that's very significant. Well, okay. Well um, done.
0: Well, let me start <laughs> off with the ad hominem. Yeah. Um, because I hate listening to this guy speak. Oh, yeah. Because he speaks like a caricature of <laughs> William Shatner. And it drives me nuts. And this is how he speaks and it's actually very Obama like but it's not it doesn't flow as well. It's just not and, good. And yeah. uh it oh, it, just, <laughs> it gives me shivers every time I hear it. Yeah. Like a, it's it's like a bad William Shatner <laughs> caricature like anyway. So um yeah, that's what he actually had to say is like what a great opportunity this is uh for <laughs> Americans to sell more oil to Europe and get them away from um being reliant on the Russians.
1: Wow. That's just, that blows my mind.
0: How lucky we are th- that <laughs> this brazen terrorist attack on an ally's critical infrastructure occurred. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, what can you even say about that? Like this is, this is America's chief diplomat.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> Selling oil. <laughs> mm-hmm. America's chief diplomat. That's what he had to say about it. So, uh, that's I, I hope that if you have any doubts, um or, or if you believe that I'm just like spouting conspiracy theories, baseless conspiracy theories, that this at least provides some base.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're not
0: baseless. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they may still be conspiracy theories, but
0: Yeah. Well depending on who you ask, I suppose. Yeah, right. <laughs> conspiracy is based on perspective, right? Yeah. Um So uh as for Germany in this this is the thing, and this is why um, why we better all hope, actually, that it never comes out that you, the U.S. is responsible for this. Yeah. Um, is that, uh, now, and Germany's done a lot of this to themselves, um, but Germany has essentially cut its own legs off through all of this. Yeah. Um, Angela Merkel, whatever you have to say about her, um, was at least foresighted enough to, to uh, to begin the construction on this, like she was in, in control of Germany when these pipelines, um, were constructed or the beginnings of construction. Yeah. Um, she saw the, the need that Germany has for cheap Russian energy to, to fuel its industry. Yeah. Um, the guy that's there now, Olaf Schultz is a moron <laughs> and he immediately kowtowed to the American pressure. Yeah. Uh, he never turned on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, um, his, uh, the Germany has destroyed itself as a state or at least as a state with any kind of, of economic, economic power. Yeah. Um, because they, they can't maintain their industry without the cheap Russian energy. Yeah. No. The, uh, you know, the Americans may be able to provide additional energy, um, you know, to, to kind of supplement, but not at the same price. Yeah. I was gonna say it ain't gonna be cheap. And um and so like decisions have to be made. Yeah. Like this is where the market starts playing into this and and um, you know, allocation of resource uh starts to be restricted. Yeah um because of the cost. And of course, you know, the low energy allowed their products to be lower cost. Now higher energy cost means higher cost of the product. Yeah. Um and that they're not going to be able to compete at the same level. But what's happening right now is that industries are actually shutting down. Like lots of industries are shutting down in Germany. Yeah. And so people are being unemployed. Yeah, I was going to say. Disemployed, deemployed, whatever. Yeah. Uh, not deployed. Although that might happen <laughs> that, soon.
1: That's, that's the next
0: step. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, like this is a real problem. Like you, the, the country is going to become far more impoverished. Yeah. Like there's going to be widespread poverty in Germany as a result of all this. Uh, and the other problem obviously is that there's, there's going to be widespread poverty going into winter in Germany. Um, firewood
1: not, is going to be in demand. Yeah, it
0: already is apparently. I mean, yeah, they that's keep talking about firewood as being worth gold yeah. um, in Germany now. And uh, you know, people fleeing the cities to their um, relatives in the country where they can cut down wood And, um, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm afraid that what you're going to see Yeah. I'm afraid that what you're going to see through the winter here in Germany is that you're going to see quite a bit of uh, starvation and um, freezing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is a first world country. This is a highly developed country that. Never could have seen itself these, in this yeah, position these
1: these energy problems shouldn't exist, yeah like,
0: well, and the other thing is that they they shot themselves in the foot with their green energy um promotion uh they shut down their nuclear program, yeah um, which could have supplied energy to the country through all this yeah. and uh it'll take it'll take years to get that back online, yeah. I mean, you can't, you don't, it don't... It's not
1: like flipping a switch. Yeah, yeah. You don't
0: just turn it back on. Yeah. Um, it takes a couple of years uh, to get back up to full production, and they, they don't have that kind of time. Um, yeah. I mean, it's October. They got months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, this is a real problem for them, and this doesn't seem to be something that's going to end anytime soon. Uh, Zelensky just um, this week signed a decree uh, stating that they would not absolutely not negotiate with russia until putin is replaced which is of course totally in line with the biden administration's stated desires about russia is yeah. that putin has to be it's, it's, eliminated
1: it's the regime change yeah tech, or yeah yeah tactic
0: yeah um now <laughs> russia responded in kind and yeah. said oh well, I guess we'll just have to wait until somebody else takes control of Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. To negotiate. Well, and that's more likely in my mind at least than, than Putin something happening with Putin. Yeah. Um I mean, it I, seems I to me like the... Ukraine would be the flimsy government here. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I think that you're probably right. Um I don't know what the morale in Ukraine is like through all of this. Uh, I'm sure that it's been increased by their recent apparent military successes. And and any time
1: you have a situation like this, there's always a rally around the flag. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure they're experiencing a lot of that now. I mean, the news would tell me that they're experiencing a lot of that now. Now, how much I trust that is in question.
0: Yeah. Um, Now, also at the beginning of this week, uh, Putin signed the... um, Whatever necessary legislation to incorporate the four regions uh, that had their um, their referendums last
1: week, which Ukraine has since taken some of back. Am yeah, I? yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but Russia now sees it as uh, an attack, on, an an attack on sovereign territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. their yeah. sovereign territory. Um, now they did say that um, that the uh, Kherson and Zaporizhia uh, regions would be. Um, would actually be Russian territory um, and that they were going to maintain uh, the Donbass regions, the Donetsk and Luhansk as independent republics allied with Russia. Yeah. Um, That's my understanding of how this is supposed to work. Uh, But also when they were saying that they would just have to wait until, uh, you know, a smarter person took over Ukraine that would be willing to negotiate. um, They did also say that the, the future of these four territories is not negotiable. Yeah. At this point. And it's you know, once again, it's a real shame because in April they had the outline of a good deal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um where uh Crimea would have become Russian, the Donbass Republics would have become independent uh, officially as I understand. I mean, I don't know exactly what was into the deal, but I I know what Putin was asking for at the time. Yeah. And um and that the you know, that would have been the end of it. Yeah. But um Boris Johnson went over there after uh you know while these negotiations were going on talked to zelensky and told him we're not ready for you to sign a deal don't sign a deal yeah. and then he, they backed out yeah. um and of course the, you know the the um president putin and the russian press is reporting this as uh, american interference that uh, you know that um, that america um uh i guess submarine those uh discussions oh yeah yeah, yeah. And he's probably right. Yeah. Um, And as a result, uh, people are going to die in Germany, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So. Now this is a mess for everybody. Yeah. But now they're in much worse, worse position. I mean, uh, you know, chances are that um, that Russia will turn Ukraine into a landlocked country. And you can see the territorial gains that Ukraine has gotten. But they're losing far more than Russia is. And Russia has more in reserve. Oh yeah. Russia just has more military power even with all the west is pumping into Ukraine. Yeah. And um while they they seem to have had some real military successes attacking uh lightly defended areas. Um I I just think that as Russia like Russia can win the long game here. Yes. I
1: think that's really what it kind of boils down to, mm-hmm. is Russia just has the military wherewithal to just keep on and keep on and keep on. Yeah. And you have to wonder, I mean, this would well have been over had the U.S. not been pumping money into Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, how long and can And the equipment. This, well, and that's the thing. Um, so how long can this really continue? Um, I, I just, I don't see... Uh, at some point, I mean, the U.S. probably doesn't mind pumping money in there as long as they need to. But at some point, the Ukraine, Ukrainian people are going to have enough.
0: Well, at some point, Ukraine's going to run out of fighting age males. That too. Yeah. Um, because uh, they estimate that something like 750,000 Ukrainians um, are capable of fighting yeah. in this. And that Russia has somehow put out a commission. Um, through either uh, deaths or injuries, severe injuries, Yeah. about half a million of them. Wow. So, like, two-thirds of their available military is probably already out of commission. Wow. So, at, of their manpower. Yeah. Um, so, uh, You know, it's hard to know. Like, this is all fog of war stuff, so. Yeah. It's hard to know for sure, but. Um, it's not a good sign. Yeah. It, it just means that in the attrition game, Russia's yeah. winning. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and, and
0: Russia hasn't even like really committed to this war, as far as I can tell. Yeah, uh, I mean they may have now, although they don't have troops in place yet. But the you know with this uh, partial mobilization, yeah, and there's even some talk out there that maybe, um, maybe they gave up this territory, gave up ground uh, to put themselves in a political position where it was easier to do this mobilization. Oh, really? That if they showed some defeats on the battlefield, that the people of Russia my, my would get behind, like, like behind. wait, yeah, rally yeah. behind the flag and say, no, yeah. no, we can't be defeated by Ukraine. Like, yeah. do what you have to do to win this thing. Yeah, um, instead of being generally disinterested. Well, and I mean, I don't know a whole lot about
1: Russian politics and whatnot, but I think my understanding is is like, the, as far as like the Russian people are concerned, like those areas the Russian people are pretty happy with taking in. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, because they're basically ethnically Russian anyway, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, I mean, the the fact that Ukraine has taken these areas back, that could be a, a ploy that works.
0: Yeah. Um, and, yes, that, that's certainly... Uh, that's probably why Putin really got involved in the first place, why yeah. Russia got involved in the first place, is because the, there was internal pressure. Like, you can't just let the ukrainian government continue to um you know launch artillery strikes on our people yeah they in the donbass exactly and and that's why it happened in the first place like he couldn't allow the the russian people in the donbass to just be overwhelmed by the ukrainian government to just continue to suffer yeah yeah um because that would have been very bad politically for him so yeah. i mean i don't know i uh I think that Russia has the capability of ending this very quickly. The question is, um, you know, whether like, what's the level of force that they can apply that will prevent the West from being actively involved, like more than they already are. Yeah. Um, and that's a danger everywhere. And I, and I hope that everybody recognizes that. I mean, like both sides recognize that. Um, while, the the pentagon has more or less dismissed the possibility of this going nuclear like ah well that's not likely to happen um biden you know crazy old biden um did say something like that we're facing armageddon uh just recently so um at least i think that he recognizes the possibility like maybe it'll get enough people talking and to me you know the question like that's not really the question like okay I agree that there's a very small chance that this thing goes nuclear. Yeah. But how much of a chance are you willing to take yeah. on the end of civilization in the Northern Hemisphere? Yeah. Like how much, how much of a chance are you willing to, to put on that? Uh, let's say it's 1%. Are you willing to take a one in a hundred chance that, that both of these societies are wiped out and that most of life in the Northern Hemisphere is? Yeah. I mean, to me, anything greater than zero is more than <laughs> exactly is, is more chance than you should take.
1: Yeah,
0: which is actually why I advocate the elimination of nuclear weapons entirely. As long as they're there, that's greater than a zero percent chance. Oh, wow! But we're certainly pushing into a into a situation where it's becoming more and more likely. Um, now, Russia has, even though there's all this talk about how Russia has threatened nuclear um, nuclear strikes, they haven't exactly. Yeah. Um, they've, they've not, explicitly, not explicitly said that. Yeah. Um, they have said, uh, the only time when Putin was talking about this stuff, the only time he talked, he said nuclear was yeah. when he was talking about nuclear threats from the West.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: now he did say, uh, we have new and advanced kind of weapons and we're willing to use everything available to us to defend our territory. Now, that's implicitly saying that he can use nuclear weapons. But um, the uh, the Russian Federation does have rules about when nuclear weapons can be used. Yeah. Um, and they are if uh, nuclear biological or chemical weapons are used against them yeah. um, or if there is a conventional uh, weapon attack that actually threatens the existence of the Russian state. Gotcha. Okay. Those are the two situations where their laws permit Allow. them to use nuclear weapons. Now, the US, so that also um Russia has mostly been on board with the no first use policy. Yeah. The US never has. Yeah. Um to me it seems more likely that the US will use nuclear weapons before Russia will. Yeah. Um, and Zelensky is actually pushing for a nuclear first strike against Russia. <laughs> so hopefully people ignore him for the crazy cokehead that he is. But um, I don't know that for sure either. Those are just rumors again. But uh, it, it's it seems, when I watch him, <laughs> I, I can all, see it. See all the telltale signs. Yeah, I can see it. Um, and then there are new uh, sanctions that have been enacted by uh, Europe. Um Actually, let's, let's talk about a couple of things here. This is actually starting to run long. We're never going to get to our second topic. <laughs> but, um, but this is important, I, I think. Um, first off, this world against Russia thing is a lie. Yeah. The world is not against Russia. Um, Europe, the U.S., and Canada, Japan, and Australia are against Russia. Yeah. Representing roughly a quarter of the nations in the world. Okay. The rest of the world is not on board with this.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, including some close allies of ours, like Mexico, who's yeah. remained neutral. Yeah. Um, and the two most populous countries in the world have remained neutral in this China and India.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: they're not all applying the sanctions. Like the, yeah. the sanctions are being applied by roughly 40 of the 190, however many, 196, 193. Yeah. Some nations. Yeah, And the rest of the world, Africa, uh, the majority of Asia, uh, South America, and Central America, they're not—they're not doing this. Yeah, they're not with it. They're more concerned about their people and their um, economic livelihoods than punishing the Russians. Yeah, for right or wrong. Yeah, and punishing
1: in a way that hasn't done—it's not working. <laughs> Like, that's that's the other thing. Like, these sanctions haven't stopped this war.
0: Yeah, and they've actually had far more of an impact on the West than they have on Russia. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that, that everybody else sees the attempt at this economic isolation and this economic war against Russia um, and the the weaponization of the global financial system that the U.S. essentially controls. Um and Russia has pointed out, I mean, like, this is, I mean, this may be propaganda, but it's good propaganda if it is. Yeah. Um, you know, Russia has pointed out uh, that, hey, you could be next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're not wrong about that. Why? No,
0: I, I think that this is, this is actually a good point. So yeah. there is a real legitimate fear through what they call the global south yeah. um, of uh, the U.S.'s or, or an overpowerful west weaponizing the financial system to crush your country.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so that makes people reluctant to get on board with this too. Yeah. Cuz they don't want use it used against them in the future. It incentivizes the creation of a of a parallel um financial economic system among the rest of the countries in the world.
1: Yeah.
0: Which wouldn't be good for the US dollar by the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um because that's essentially what props up the US dollar at this point. Yeah. Um and then there have been a new uh, round of sanctions passed by the EU uh, trying to do this price cap thing on Russian oil. Um, now, there were some countries that were holding it up. I, I think chief among them was Greece, who mm. does a lot of transport of Russian oil and makes money doing that. Yeah, <laughs> and, um And so there were some concessions made to Greece, but with the caveat that they had to enforce the price caps. But then Russia said, we're not dealing with anybody that's u- that's enforcing the price caps.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I promise there are plenty of other countries that would be happy to step in for Greece and transport Russian oil without <laughs> price caps. India and China are too. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, like Greece hasn't been entirely stable economically for a long time. And this could be like a real impact on their total economy yeah. too. Yeah. So uh I mean I don't know the the Europeans don't seem to to realize that these sanctions regimes are actually not having a huge impact on the Russian economy, but they are having a huge impact on the European economy. Yeah. Um and um but it, it does seem that the European people are seeing this. Oh yeah. And so there's like protests arising kinda all over.
1: Yeah. Which goes back to something I said before. I mean this does kind of create a dangerous situation especially with what some of the new leadership may look like in some of those EU countries.
0: Yeah, and you're you've already seen it with uh, Georgia Maloney. Exactly. Um now Georgia Maloney did put out a tweet like in the last couple of days saying, Where "We're behind you Ukraine, whatever <laughs> you need from us or whatever." So they're taking the same kind of foreign policy line that the previous regime did yeah. um in Italy, but uh but you, yeah, I, you will I mean I think that these the, things swing. Yeah, I think the right-wing reaction is probably more to the COVID stuff than it is to the sanctions. But right now, yeah, but sanctions can definitely be. Yeah, I a mean, a part when you start
1: this. feeling
0: some of the impacts of some of that stuff, it can mm. it it changes the way people vote, man. Yeah, um, I was listening to Jimmy Dore the other day talking about uh, Georgia Maloney, and he said, you know, like people are are up in arms about this right-wing, um, you know. Uh, Hard right-wing um, new prime minister. Yeah, well, I mean, he was making fun of that yeah. but because um, he's got some sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this uh, hard right-wing new prime minister of Italy. And um, and he was saying, well, you know, this could have been avoided if there had been a left-wing politician that stood up to the, the, to the COVID regime. Yeah. Because what really kind of launched Giorgia Maloney into the public sc- spotlight um and and garnered a lot of support for her is that she was one of very, very few Italian politicians that were standing up against the covid passport stuff and all the lockdowns and things yeah um and the you know various restrictions like she was opposed to the the crazy covid regime yeah. and she was one of very, very few and he said this could have been easily avoided if a left wing politician had been doing the had same done thing the same yeah yeah right. Um, but that, yeah, that's not where we are. No. Yeah. And you know, to me, left wing authoritarianism, right wing authoritarianism, I don't really care. Yeah. Like they're both a problem as far I as was I'm. Say, I it doesn't li- matter. I don't
1: want to live under either. Yeah, so. <laughs> it doesn't
0: matter whether it's left wing or right wing. Authoritarianism is the problem.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, and you know, it doesn't seem to matter which which of the part which of the major parties is in control of this country.
1: Yeah. Which boot is on your neck, the right or left. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um that's all I have and we're already like
1: Good. pushing late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean we could so, run really long like we have been, but I'm really trying to get this back to around fifty minutes.
1: Yeah, and I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, I'm kinda gassed. So we'll save we got some stuff for next week then.
0: Yeah. Um I was gonna talk about the COVID vaccines again because like we're starting to get some real statistics on XX deaths and, and so forth. Um, yeah. although they are hard to find. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. Uh but I I did wanna talk about that because I think it's important for people to know that the, you know, that you're better off without getting the vaccine Yeah, at at this point. Like you're more likely to live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that seems to be what the data is pointing to. So, um, you mean, you mean you're following the science? It depends on who's defining that. I suppose (laughs) like, you know, this is one of those very effective propaganda tactics, um, is that, you know, to place it, in the power of some kind of authority on the subject that can't be questioned. Yeah. Um and it's especially good when it's something like um that not a lot of people understand anyway. Well, I was going to say something that's not concrete. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the science. Yeah. <laughs> um you know. Anyway, um but we can get back into that. I certainly have plenty of things to say about science. Okay. So, um well, I'll I'll say that We'll save that for next time and just kind of wrap it up here and say that it was really just a podcast about um, pipelines and war prospects and boots on
1: necks. Boots on necks. Yeah. It's what we're trying to avoid here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And hopefully this helped. So uh, things are really picking up in my office, by the way. Yeah. So um, next week, Next week and the week after will be kind of iffy. Like, okay. I, I imagine that I'm going to miss one of those two. Okay. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, like, hopefully we can keep it under control.
1: Yeah. But,
0: uh, but we're seeing more work than than we were told to expect.
1: Oh, yeah. So. Which, while is a good thing, is not good for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, so, you know, after um, Harvey Irma that year. Yeah. I worked... Every single day from the last, um, the last like week and a half of August until Thanksgiving. Wow. And, um, and it was mostly like, like averaging around 12 hour days, seven days a week for two months.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, that ain't good for nobody, man.
0: Yeah. Two and a half months, I guess. Yeah. It's not healthy. Um, no, no. No, I was definitely dragging <laughs> by yeah. the end of all that. Um, but I, I don't expect that this one, I mean this, yeah. you know, that was two huge storms yeah. on the heels of each other and in very different locations. So we were also having to manage two two
1: different, two areas. completely
0: separate events. I mean, they were yeah. like completely separate events with different crews on both sides, both sides and so forth. So that made it, that made it more difficult. Yeah. Um, and we're just we're just more streamlined now than we were then. Technologies came a long way. Uh, it's more like you know lessons learned every time. Oh yeah. You know you just kind of get better at it. Like all right, well we tried something new then. We probably handled that better than the previous um, big catastrophe event that we uh, dealt with, and um, and then we learned stuff from that, and we're, we'll handle this one better than that one. Yeah. And we'll learn stuff from this one and handle the next one even better. It,
1: so it gets better every time. Yep, yep. And better we have a, we have
0: a good group of people, and it's yeah. it's essentially hey, that, the
1: same group of people. Hey, that makes that that makes or breaks you, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, been in leadership long enough to know that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think that there's only one person that's new since then. Yeah. So I think everybody else in the office, all but one person in our office, was there for the Harvey Irma. Oh,
1: wow. Stuff, so. so, yeah. You're, you're sitting in pretty good shape, then. Yeah. Y'all will be all right.
0: Yeah, we'll be fine. But <laughs> it could still get really busy for a little bit. Okay. Because um, it's just got to get done. Well, and either it way. comes fast. We'll, we'll try to get together. Yeah. Um, I I don't think that there's any way that I miss both, but I, I think that there's a possibility that I miss one. Okay. So, um, I just want to prepare people. I don't want to get everybody's <laughs> hopes up and then not show up. Yeah. yeah. I'd enough. rather have you... Think I'm not going to show up and then
1: show up anyway. Well, if, if it does look like we're going to go a week without one, I'll try to do my part and put something on the Facebook page so people okay. don't worry about us.
0: Okay. Yep. So. Cool. Sounds good. Um, all right. I'm heading to New Orleans tomorrow.
1: Ah, fun. Yep.
0: Only for the day. Business or pleasure? Pleasure. Um, uh, I'm, Mom and I are meeting um, my sister-in-law for lunch. Ah. She's in town for a wedding or something. Should be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll buy some booze while I'm there. Cheap booze. Cheaper, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we we plan at this point to be back next week. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, or YouTube, and or YouTube. Um, like and share, comment, um, tell your friends, uh, write reviews. I don't know, whatever else. Yeah. There's other things. Like all those things that you can do to to get us circulating a little better. Every little bit helps. And we really appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back next week when we finally get this right. And in the meantime, try to stay free. Life's short. Live free. Ciao. Later.